Welcome to As the Story Grows, I'm Brian Patton. Today we welcome symphonic metal vocalist Leah to the podcast. Leah released her new record, The Glory and the Fallen, last Friday. Leah talks about discovering symphonic metal, creating a fan base without touring, the theatrical and visual elements of Leah, her dreams for the future, and more. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of As the Story Grows. If you aren't already subscribed, I'd love it if you were. We're quickly approaching 500 interviews on the podcast, which is absolutely crazy. Don't miss one. You can find links to our newsletter, Discord server, and Patreon page on asthestorygrows.com or down in the show notes. Enjoy today's chat with Leah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. You're up in uh, Canada, up in British Columbia. Yeah, just barely. Just like, yeah, just just over the the border. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that where you grew up? Yes, in the Fraser Valley here. So, yeah, pretty much home. Nice, nice. What was growing up like? Uh, I mean. Depends on that's a that's a big question, but uh, I mean, like, we want to talk about the weather? <laughs> it's total. The, everything. I mean, it's very mild here. Yeah, you know, it's like Seattle weather, but maybe a little bit nicer. I, I guess. Like, what were you into? Like, growing up, like, was music always a thing that was a part of your life? Were you like a theater kid? <laughs> uh, most of my background is actually. It came from church, actually. Okay. Like it was like singing in choir, um, doing everything I could. That was the only outlet I really had. I didn't do a lot of lessons or that kind of thing. I did a little bit of piano and then I quit. And so I, um, yeah, most of it, most of it, I was a just my own journey of self discovery as a young teen, and yep. you know, with all that teenager angst. And so then I discovered the guitar actually was my first uh, outlet and then moved on to piano really quickly. And I found that the piano was more my, more my soulmate instrument where I could express myself, but yeah, um, definitely grew up in a musical family, generally speaking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so very casual, non-formal music background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you had that experience of singing in church, right? So, I mean, that like, gives you the performance basis, right? Yeah. Although I don't know if that's a good thing that church is a performance, but, um, well, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Exactly. Um, but I, I got it nonetheless. Uh, yeah. so yes, I did. And, uh, and that's kind of surprises people too, that I have this background of, I would say performance, uh, like quite a lot. Um, but that I've been ever since I started this music career, I haven't done any live performance, like yeah. next to nothing. And that's just due to lifestyle reasons and preferences. And just, I know what kind of commitment it takes 
to be a performing artist who does really well, I mean, it's a whole different beast and it's a different animal. And I feel like if you're going to do it well, you've got to go all in on that and not really dabble. And so I don't, I don't like dabbling with things. I go all in on whatever it is I'm doing. And so for that reason, I haven't been a touring artist, but performance is a huge part of my background. Actually, yeah. I love, I, I was actually very comfortable on stage, very comfortable, like with a microphone, singing in front of people. And, you know, I, I have that entertainment side of me. So, you know, one of these days I really would love to do a tour. And uh, so it's on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. It's the knowledge gained now. It's like we all watch behind the music and we know like it's not glamorous and there's not a lot of money to be made. And it's very hard, even though it's satisfying. And the older you get, you just like, I don't have that in me to be on the road all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does seem to to wear on people and they need a lot of breaks that I just think it, you're just pouring so much energy into that one thing. And that's why I, you know, I have so many other things going on at the same time that I don't, I don't have the capacity or bandwidth to also add that additional thing. Like that's why I think it's really all in or nothing. And so um, I know there's, there's options out there like single performances, but I, my understanding and just people I know and in, in the industry as well as like, even if you do like one select performance, like a, like a special concert somewhere, the amount of time, energy and effort and money that it takes to even prep for that one special concert. I mean, you might as well do a tour because it's the same amount of effort that goes into that, um, that one special performance, like say you were going to record it, um, you know, with cameras and everything. It's uh, an enormous amount of energy and that goes into and preparation that goes into something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still the same amount of rehearsals and like all of this. So that's why I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think or what was it that drew you to piano instead of guitar? Was it just like something about the fingering or the way your ears related to the, the instrument? I have no idea. I think it was, <laughs> you know, I still like guitar. I still like, uh, I can still pick up guitar and, and play stuff. And same with the harp, I guess, any kind of stringed instrument. Like you can, if you're, if you're an artist, you can kind of pick up anything and, and yeah. at least make it sound half decent. Even though I have, I don't have the, the theory and knowledge behind me. I, you can, you can make it work and come up with something. Right. So, yeah. um, for me, piano just felt natural. I think it was it made a lot of logical sense to me. Like, just like, Oh, I can make chords. I can, you know, play these bass notes and just, I don't know. It just came together. It was a little bit more natural. And I think most musicians end up finding their, their soulmate instrument. And, but nowadays, you know, you've got, I've got access to entire libraries of instruments. So the keyboard is more of like gateway to everything else. Right, right. You have, like software has come so far yes. that you can sit down at a computer with a keyboard and just create something so cinematic and like gorgeous sounded. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So I have buckets of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At what point in your musical trajectory were you like, I want to perform or be in a band? Were you trying in high school to like form bands? Was there a good music scene where you were? Yeah, I really, I did not have hardly any direction in life in general <laughs> during my teen years. I really wish I had gotten more direction, even just externally from parents or people around me. I didn't know, I just know I was destined and born to be a musician, to be heard in one way or another. I really wanted to be a singer. And I didn't know, honestly, what road to take. Back then, I just thought, I'm going to have to be discovered some way because that was the only way back then was be discovered 
and by somebody, right? Some, maybe a label executive. And I had all those old, you know, those same dreams everybody had, like get discovered and sign a record deal, right? So that was my dream. I had no idea how I would get there. Um, the closest thing I did was, yeah, I kind of, there, I was in a, a, in a small couple of bands as a singer. And I just felt like that was, that was as close as I could get to what I wanted to do. And then I really got more serious about writing my own songs. I realized, I think I'm going to have to just like (laughs) get the musicians that I want to be on my record rather than me trying to be in a band and just be, you know, the front woman. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go about this maybe a different way. Let's talk about Leah, kind of what was your metal background and kind of what drew you to this solo project as like a quote unquote symphonic metal artist? I only my 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 first real introduction, I would say to real metal because there was like all the mainstream stuff. Um, Well, I can back up a little bit farther (laughs) than that. Like I grew up my dad was a big fan of oldies, but he would, it was more the rock and roll stuff. So like the metal of the sixties, which was, you know, the doors and Jimi Hendrix and those kinds of things, they were, that was like the heavy metal of the day back then. And so I, I really loved those bands and even the Beatles and stuff. Like there's so much great, great, great stuff from back then, Rolling Stones and all that. So I grew up on that and I feel like that kind of developed my taste a little bit for, some of the, you know, heavier elements or just outside of the, outside of the, the pop spectrum, I would say that's so Mm -hmm. pop, you know, everything that's popular. So um, even though those bands were super popular, it was just, they, part of the reason they were popular is because they did stuff outside of the norm. So um, anyhow, um, so that kind of developed my taste a little bit. And then I think as a teen, I got introduced, uh, you know, there was some mainstream stuff, but I didn't really love it. And then it wasn't until friends introduced me to, I think it was, well, it was dream theater. That kind of was my gateway. Um, and then it was the next thing, you know, it was like symphony X and those are American bands, but um, you know, then I got into the European metal mm-hmm. and like the, back then it was, you know, Nightwish and those kinds of, I was like blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like, at first I thought it was a joke because I, <laughs> I, I'd never heard opera with metal before. Yeah. It blew my mind. I was like, is this real? Is this actually real? And um, then it was like, oh, yes. Not only is it real, it's very serious. And there's like so many fans around the world. This is all like, wow. And then that just kind of led me down the road of discovery to a whole bunch of other bands. And and, um, I was like, okay, I think I found my thing. Although it doesn't, what I want to do isn't like them. Um, I want to give it a different twist with my own preferences so um you know first you know, it was all the opera stuff back then was super popular mixing like some classical stuff with metal like nobody had ever done that before and now there's a million copycats of that um and so i was like well if i'm gonna do something like this i want to make sure that it sounds unique and so i'm gonna put my flavors and my taste that i 
prefer in this as well. So, you know, and that's when I kind of start throwing things into a blender, right? You got, I've got, you know, Celtic and folk inspirations and these different things and world music as well. And um, putting it together. And that, that's when I was like, oh, this, to me, this sounds like I haven't heard anybody really doing it like this. So that was my goal with that. Nice. Nice. What led you to just call the project Leah? Laziness. <laughs> yeah. No, just trying. I, I mean, there was just no, I tried to come up with band names, but quite frankly, it was like, you know, you can be clever or you can just say what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is a conversation that's come up a lot recently where it's like naming bands, it's it's hard and like everything's taken. It is. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, I mean, you'll have to use chat GPT to come up with some good names these days because there's nothing. But that's going to just give you, you know, a bunch of random stuff strung together. So, yeah. What was your inspiration when you started out from a lyrical standpoint? And I mean, how has that evolved over the last, you know, 20 or 12 years? I think there's a lot of similarities in the the way I still write. Um, Maybe in those earlier years, it was a little bit more raw. I don't know. But I think I think these days I'm use a little bit more specific imagery, but um a lot of times these songs write themselves and half the time I don't even know what they're about until they're done. <laughs> and even then I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what that one was about. So a lot of it is sometimes I, I have songs that are very distinct and I'm like, Oh, this has a clear theme that's emerging and I know what it's about. And I, I go with it and then I embellish it as much as I can to like make it good, um, refine it so to speak. But uh, there are songs where I still don't know what they really mean. So that's just part of the the artistry that's what we'll call it art yeah yeah i mean you've talked about like the performance side you've really leaned into this image and kind of the i don't know the power metal symphonic metal like lord of the rings larping side of like being really sold out to costumes and this like you know medieval fantasy realm and uh album artwork and press photos what led to that decision just what inspired you Oh, well, I think it's just all part of the, it's an extension of the music, right? So mm-hmm. when, uh, when you think of the music holistically, there is the actual sound of it. And then there's what does this music kind of look like? And so because I don't do really a bunch of music videos, I have to just convey this uh, through the album artwork and mm-hmm. press photos as best I can. And so, yeah, I it all comes down to the theme of the actual album and the music and what the focus is. So I just take it album by album, but definitely going into that fantasy, like medieval historical fantasy uh, side of things. I just feel like it enhances the music. Like if you hear the music on its own and then you see the imagery, you're like, okay, yeah, that goes together. Um, They're not disconnected. They are intimately connected just based on theme. So hopefully that makes sense. And I hope people agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
this album you're about to release called The Glory and the Fallen, your first album since 2019. What took so long to get this record out? Oh, I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you know, busy, busy family life. Most people know a bit about my story. You know, I'm a homeschool mom of five. So that keeps me and I've got like almost four teenagers yeah. at the moment too. So they've got a lot going on. So I, I, and this is why I don't tour was because I've always decided, you know, family first and I prioritize my family. And so um, I'm, I'm with them every day. So yeah. I've been busy. I also am an entrepreneur, so I run companies as well. My music is a huge outlet for me, and I absolutely love it. I'm never going to stop doing it. Um, it's always going to be a part of my life, but sometimes it just takes me longer to get albums out the door yeah. just because I have to pace myself. And then there are you know there are seasons where I have a little more, more bandwidth to kind of throw myself in, but just as an example, like um, it took me months and months to record all the vocals for this album because um, funny enough, well, I was working on it basically two to three days a week, but half the time I was really struggling with seasonal allergies. <laughs> and so that actually slowed the process down a lot. I'd go into a session and my high range would be gone because I would had this like sinus, like seasonal allergies that would just take out my high range. So things like that, um, that you can't, they're kind of out of your control. And I'm like yeah. trying to do everything I could. Uh, but that just extended the the time period, but quite a lot because yeah, it just did. One day we left home, big world so unknown with adventure in mind. No path to follow, no destination, just let our future unfold. Enter a new land, strange food and strange man. Album's called Glory and the Fallen. Where the concept for the title and the record come from? That whole concept has to do with trying to. <laughs> when I looked at all the songs that I had overall, and like, are there any themes emerging here? You know, I don't typically go into an album thinking I'm going to create a concept album, mm -hmm. but when I looked at the overall themes, there was an emerging theme arising, and that was. Uh, a lot about highs and lows, highs and lows. And so uh, the like when I talk about the highs and lows of life, I'm everything from winning battles and that could be metaphorically or historically or things like that to um, loss and grief and different things going on. So it, that I actually think is quite relatable in, in multi dimensions to a lot of people. So that for me just kind of encompassed the overall theme. You've created this niche for yourself and like, because you don't tour, all your music is just lives in this online world. Like, do you find it easy to, because digital music is so, um, I mean, that's the way people listen to music, that it's easy to, to find your niche and carve a fan base and, and grow as an artist even without touring? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if a homeschool mom of five can do that, I pretty much tell people you don't really have any excuses. <laughs> if I've been able to do it, there's no reason you can't do it. So yeah, yeah finding a niche is, 
is absolutely important because otherwise you're just a needle in a haystack. And so uh, for people to find you, you really do need to stand out and you, you, you know, the niche can't be so completely obscure that no one will ever find you. And there's only right. three, three people in the world listening to that, you know, like, I don't know what skydiving bluegrass metal. I don't know. So <laughs> you, you know, you've got to be something that exists, but also yeah. not so huge, so broad that you just mesh right in with everything else and you, no one can find you. So I like having, you know, a twist to what I'm doing. So yeah, it's symphonic metal, right? That's the, that's the umbrella genre. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, I'm not sitting around thinking all day about, oh, how can I box myself into stuff? It's just a way for people to find you and nothing more. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and because, and you can't get away from it either. If you submit your music to, uh, you know, Spotify, TuneCore, Amazon, Revert, they make you choose categories. So you're not getting out of it. You have to choose something. So you, you might as well try to be accurate, right? So they're, they're, they're only going to give you the broader, uh, the broader niches categories, mm -hmm. but some of them will let you niche down a bit. So I think Spotify lets you at least say symphonic metal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the album's out next Friday. You're not a touring artist. So what does the future look like for you? I think I'm going to be experimenting with a lot more music. I'd love to do more collaborations with people, other artists, be guest vocals on people's stuff. Uh, and like one day I absolutely want to tour. My dream is to do like some kind of European castle tour, you know, <laughs> like where we set up in these like ancient places or monasteries or something. So I have dreams. Those, those it's, I've definitely not ruled it out, but I I'd love to experiment with more music, even more on the, you know, I'm going to, I'll definitely continue doing metal, love metal, but I also have, you know, so much music that is not metal. That's more just in that folk fantasy category. And in fact, all my songs start out that way. All my songs start out as folk fantasy, it's kind of a sound without all the guitars and drums and all of that. And then we add that. And, and so naturally all the songs actually sound good without it as yeah. well. So you could, you could probably see me doing a lot more of that as well. And uh, yeah, so, but I do look forward to maybe collaborating with more people in the future. I've done a few of those in the last couple of years. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I'm not